I'm Anna. And I'm Jillian. And this is the Hat Picks Podcast. Just two dope ladies talking about soccer from across the country on the podcast no one asked for. Also, with Julian Morris coming out, we could we have so much content for a Pretty Little Liars podcast. Oh my god. Wow. We really do. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's this is layered. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Happy Sunday, or whenever you're listening to this. Whatever day of the week it is for you, wherever you are, welcome to our clusterfuck. It's Hat Picks Pod time somewhere. <laughs> hey, right. Well, as Anna and I were discussing pre-pod, we may have completed this in record time. It is now 1229 Central Standard Time. <laughs> and I believe that we started working on this at the earliest 1030 Central Standard Time. <laughs> so... Well, considering I woke up at 10 Central Standard Time, <laughs> that does oh, check God. out. I That is the longest I've slept in, which is only nine for me here. But still. And I don't even know how long. I woke up and I thought I was a new person. Anna went hard with the Christmas decorations last night. She texted me this tree picture of her tree which is gorgeous and real and she told me she's like i can't i can't do the pot planning tonight this is what i'm doing and i was like i utmost respect totally understand (laughs) but you know it takes it out of you it really does getting in the spirit it's just draining taxing so she slept until nine (laughs) our tree's also tall and we have like an eight foot ladder so that we can like reach the top of it and i I'm not afraid of heights, but I'm afraid of ladders. Interesting. And I did a lot of like top of the tree stuff. And so like, I was just like sweating profusely. (laughs) (laughs) Just like stressing out. So I think I just, I just needed some time to recoup. What a sweaty Christmas indeed. Fun facts about Anna. Yes. Oh, your picture just went blurry. So I hope that doesn't mean our internet is weird. Oh no. It's back now, but it was just okay. a little bit like. <laughs> if it, if we could not do that this morning, the powers God. that be, that would be great. Do you remember when we almost had to restart the podcast like four times? And then do you? And then there was another time that when I put it in editing, it completely fucked up. Yeah. Like those have been some of, and I, I say this, recognizing the incredible privilege that it takes to say this. Some of the scariest moments in my life. <laughs> even though this isn't like we don't get money from this we don't get absolutely (laughs) anything from this it's and it's related to the amount of energy and time that it would take and as we have mentioned we're never as funny the second time no we aren't (laughs) we're barely funny the first time so you can only imagine it's like pulling teeth to get a laugh the first time, it's like a goddamn root canal for the second. And we don't need that. No. Nobody needs that. We want your pity laughs after one try. All right. Well. Oh, God. So glad to be here on this day. 
<laughs> on this 26th episode of Hat Picks Pod. Oh my god, wow. What a commitment. Yeah. All right, well, I will kick us off like in a yeah, soccer game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get it, Jillian. <laughs> With probably the most recent hat pick I've ever done because it happened this morning, yeah. uh, the FA Cup final. With oh, with some Kirby action for you. So let's have a moment of silence for Arsenal, who did uh, not have their best showing in this morning's FA Cup final against Chelsea. Okay, on to the goals. <laughs> Chelsea dominated this match 3-0 in front of a packed Wembley Stadium, which... First of all, I love, I love like high-profile venues for these women's teams. Like, yes. And Wembley it was huge. Enormous. And it was like packed. It was so loud. Like, I couldn't actually watch the game because England and I'm lazy. And it was, but I listened to some of the game and like watched highlights and stuff on my phone. And it was so loud. It was very loud, especially in a po like, you know, post like post pre-vax COVID. I don't know how to say that. We live in a world where there are vaccines, even though there's a new variant. Oh my God, <laughs> we're so fucked. But this hasn't happened in so long with like these big packed crowds. And so like very cool to to hear all these people cheering on these teams featuring women. So back to these goals. Could you guess that since Arsenal played Chelsea, that maybe Frank Kirby and Sam Kerr <laughs> were the goal scorers? And dear listener, if you did guess that, you would be correct. Ding, 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 ding. I have to say, the ding sound that I have is one of my favorite sounds. Perhaps <laughs> next to the wrong buzzer that I have recently found. The <laughs> like, <laughs> very, very much my favorite sound. So, our favorite goal-scoring duo, though they didn't really, like, team up with each other as much in this match, still our main stars, and we love it. They're back. We're very much excited about this. Much excited. Anna, less excited. I am excited. Anna will be excited when it's in a different game, not against Arsenal. That's correct. So during today's final, we saw a goal from Kirby in the third ding-dang minute. That is early. That is very early in a match. It is, in fact, not one, but two, no, three minutes after it's begun. So, so Kirby capitalizes on a mistouch from Arsenal. Yikes in their back half and turns the Jets on like we know Fran Kirby can. Oh my, just her little leg. <laughs> and she blows past the defense and slots one in. It was chef's keys. Yes, yes, yes. But that's how we leave the first half. You know, not, it's not devastating yet. It's just 1-0. There's plenty of time for Arsenal to come back. Do they? No, but there's okay. time. <laughs> Hypothetically. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just milking it now. Um, I don't even really care about Chelsea that much. It's just kind of funny. In the words of the announcers, Midama was not looking herself, which is sad because Midama is like one of the top players in the world. And unfortunately, our beloved Tobin Heath was unavailable. Why? I don't know. It's I know. Upsetting. I can't find information anywhere. Anyway. Soul crushing. And then comes the second half. So Sam Kerr ended up being the player of the match. I think she solidified that because she had a brace in the second half. 
including a late dink of a goal. Like I had stopped listening to the match because I was like, oh, it's pretty much over. And then this this other goal <laughs> happened. And it was just really sad. It felt like a slap in the face to Arsenal. And then Chelsea beat the Gunners 3-0. All in all, pretty one-sided match, but I still think that Arsenal has a hell of a season ahead of them. I think that they have so much potential and so many good players. Everybody has an off day. Every every team has an off match. It sucks that this one wasn't a final, but the season is far from over. I think. I don't know. <laughs> it's not over yet, that's for sure. <laughs> and hopefully someone can stop Kirby, except I hope not because it's like fun as hell to watch them play. So I, for Anna's sake... Because I would like to continue to have a <laughs> podcast mate who hasn't died from pure sadness. Um, I would like them to not do that as much against Arsenal. So if you could just hold off and just maybe tone it down a little bit for that one match, that would be great. Thank you so much. <laughs> and that is my number three. <laughs> Way to go, Kirby. <laughs> <sighs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know... I think, I think, well, a lot of things, I think Arsenal's tired. I think a lot of those players have been um, pushed a little bit harder just as a result of injuries. Mm. Um, And like Caitlin Ford was, she was available as a sub, but I don't think they would have used her. She didn't play. Yeah. It was just like, wherever the hell Tobin Heath is, that was definitely a dinger. Caitlin Ford, a lot of these players have just come back from international duty. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they're all tired. And I don't think that Chelsea has as many international players that, that had like games or if they had games, they were like fucking gimmies. Like the Lionesses played and demolished whoever they played. It was like 20 to zero. Oh my God. Yeah. They played um, Latvia and they won 20 to zero. So it's not like they were playing tough games. Right. So I think that the other teams, <sighs> Arsenal had more players who had those tougher games. Yeah. That is correct. And Sam Kerr is an anomaly, full stop. So. Yes. <laughs> and she knows it. Yeah. It's the backflips. <laughs> Just so many of them. Anyway, okay. My number three hat pick is the Ballon d'Or winner. I'm not even going to try to say that correctly because it's just going <laughs> to be bad. So this week with the FIFA Awards ceremony for the Ballon d'Or, and some other super superlative awards that I don't care as much about, so I'm not talking about them. And I'm certainly not talking <laughs> about any of the men. Anyway, Alexia Puteas, Spanish international who plays for FC Barca, won the Ballon d'Or in a just goddamn landslide. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> players are given points, which are voted on and given to them by some people in a jury put together by FIFA. I could have Googled it, Googled it more, but I didn't because I didn't want to. So here we are. <laughs> anyway, the top three... After all the points were tallied, were Alexia Puteas with 186 points. In that's second, a lot of, it's a lot of points. It's a lot of, of points. <laughs> Jenny Hermoso, also a Spanish international who plays for FC Barca, was in second with 84 points. That is a more than a hundred point difference between first and second. So this jury was looking at these players and was like, "No, no, no, Alexia Puteas is the best by just like the largest of margins." That is how we say no contest. <laughs> Just absolutely none. And then third was Sam Kerr with 46 points. That's an almost 40 point difference again. Like what? 
what? Yeah. What? I, okay. And Vivian Miedema, Viviana Miedema also had 46 points, but was in fourth. So I'm not sure what put her, put her one slot down instead of being tied in third. Maybe it was like goal scored or something. I don't know, but whatever. What? I, how, I mean, I mean, Alexia Puteas has been out there and just crushing it. And I know we don't talk about, talk a lot about what's happening in La Primera División in Spain, just because we can't access those games as easily. And then because we can't access them as easily, we just don't try. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That is, that is correct. <laughs> But, I mean, she was a name that was brought up multiple times when we were talking about the Champions League final. Um, And it's even more interesting because we have had a tough time against Spain as the U.S. Women's National Team playing against them. And the Women's ICC account, which is the official account for the Women's International Champions Cup, did like a country ranking this past week and put Spain ahead of the United States. Um, and also put the Netherlands in eighth, which like, yikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think, okay, the decision to put Spain up there is large in part because of the impact of Alexi Puteas and number two, Jenny Hermoso. They've been absolutely crushing it and she's a great player. And when they announced her as the winner, I was genuinely pleased with the result. And usually with these goddamn awards, I'm pissed off. <laughs> so either that's personal growth, which is unlikely, or they got it right, which seems much more likely. Yes. <laughs> and that is my number three pick. <laughs> Not to put down, because Anna has had a lot of personal growth <laughs> over the years. Hopefully, as have we all. This situation just may not be the example to use in, you know, to prove yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is definitely not the one where like, oh my God, Anna, wow, that's incredible. You've grown so much. No, this is not. No. <laughs> this is not it. I will continue to call out bullshit whenever I see it. This just happened to not be bullshit. <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. Ah, wonderful. And way to go, Alexia Boutias. <laughs> wonderful job. And I think that this just shows, like, the quality. I mean, did you just hear how we were fucking raving about Sam Kerr? And she was in third by, like, a hundred over 140 points. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> so... Yes, I would love to get more of those Spanish games in in our sphere. So I don't know what kind of I think the I think the problem is is that the other Spanish teams aren't as good. (laughs) Sure. Yes. (laughs) That is great. Well, you know, what maybe what we could potentially do is um if anyone is good at illegal stuff, very vague illegal things like Reddit related maybe with like a Slash, slash watching La Primera Division. <laughs> then just email us at hatfixpod at gmail.com to let us know very vague information about what you might know. Not related. Nothing that we'll take action on. Just curiosity. So if you, if you know could, that. We could also like actually Google pay it. for a VPN and like actually oh, do. Oh. <laughs> I know. Whatever. <laughs> I feel like the older I get, I'm like, God damn it. Do I have to be moral now? Like this. <laughs> <laughs> just the idea that I have I paid an exorbitant amount of money for a real Christmas tree yesterday and like a VPN <laughs> is like dollars a month like not even a lot of them and like, I'm just I can't like, do it I can't. Just, that's an outrageous expense that you are wanting me to do Mm-mm. all right on to my number two 
which is the NWSL championship match, which happened way back in November. It's December, but here we are. So let us now have a moment of silence for our NWSL shield winners, the Portland Thorns, who totally fucking choked against Chicago in the semifinals a few weeks ago. Now, flashback to November. The Thorns and O.L. Reign are the top two spots, top two seeds, and they both lost their semifinal matches. O.L. Reign struck first against the Washington Spirit, but the Spirit took it in the end. What? Meaning that our third Washington Spirit seed team and the fourth seed team, Chicago, headed to the final in Louisville on November 20th. Uh, what? <laughs> Excuse me? can genuinely say I don't think any of us saw that coming. I think we all expected a Cascadia showdown in Kentucky, and that is not what we got, but we did get a great match. So talking about the venue a little bit, about the locale, as you may recall, if you listened previously to our podcast, or maybe you're hearing it for the first time, the NWSL championship game was slated to take place at like 9 fucking a.m. at Providence Park in Portland, which not great. Because that's super fucking early for players. And B, not great. That's a turf field. And that's not great for players either. So they ended up moving it to Louisville, Kentucky, which has a grass field at Lynn Family Stadium. And it started at 12 p.m. Eastern time. Same time, but a later start time for the players themselves. So what I read, Louisville did a hell of a job posting. I think that they sold like well over 10,000 tickets for the final, which is great. And it seems like there was a great atmosphere. I follow, I looked on Twitter to see a lot of like the press folks who were there. Some of our favorites like Andre Carlisle. Hi, I know you don't listen. <laughs> but we're big fans. Big fans. Um, your podcasts are probably better than ours. <laughs> fine. But it's fine. And so that's just like really exciting. I, I read some stuff that people were like, Louisville should absolutely host this again. And personally, having been to Lynn Family Stadium, it's a dope place. And I think it was great. So, you know, and Louisville is used to hosting large sporting events. Usually they involve horses. But I think they got the hotel capacity. They can do it. So moving on to the actual game itself. I would just like to say this. Other aside, before we dive in, that it is Trinity Rodman's world. And we are just living in it. I will not be elaborating. <laughs> it is nil-nil for the first half until this really, there's a lot of rhyming happening right here. And I did not intend that to happen. <laughs> now that I read it, it's nil-nil in the first half until Rachel Hill. It's, it's upsetting. Okay. Anyway, Rachel Hill receives a long cross and heads it in past Aubrey Bledsoe. Might I add, while running full speed, like she is... Like, running and heading. You know, sometimes you can, like, you stop a little to, like, jump in the air and head. It's, like, running, head it in at, like, a weird angle, too. It was very, it's very interesting. But it was a goal. And this happens with, like, no time left in extra time for the, or in uh, stoppage time for the first half. Like, in the fifth minute of stoppage time, and there were, like, three minutes that were supposed to be allocated. So, like, it was not so bad, so. (laughs) Um, So... Chicago goes up in the first half, and that's how they enter halftime. In the second half, Rodman has several incredible opportunities, like often putting her body on the line for things, just diving and doing shit and taking chances, and it was great, but nothing converts. 
And then in the 66th minute, the spirit draw penalty. Andy Sullivan, who I really like and would like to see more of in the U.S. Women's National Team sphere, but we'll get to that later. She slots it in to tie it up, though it almost didn't go in. Like Cassie Miller, the uh, keeper for Chicago, guessed correctly and like almost had a little bit of an appendage on it, but the ball just like snuck in under her. So Andy Sullivan did a great job, but almost got unlucky. Cassie Miller was unlucky. For the remainder of the half, Washington is absolutely relentless. If you take a look at the highlights from this match, the second half highlights are entirely Washington, I think. It's all Mm -hmm. just chance, 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 chance. They are just boom, going, not letting up. Unfortunately, though, the relentlessness only leads to it being 1-1 still, and we are going to extra time. So the the match ends in a tie, and now we have two 15-minute halves. It doesn't take long in those extra time, in the extra time, (laughs) I don't know words, (laughs) For the Spirit to start taking their shots, and then in the 97th minute, who other than Trinity fucking Rodman (laughs) makes a gorgeous cross that comes into quite perfect contact with Kelly O'Hara's head, and it's now 2-1 Spirit. I mean, it's like, hey, it's O'Hara's first goal of the season, and it's like, they did a little switcheroo there because Kelly O'Hara is normally the one servicing ball. As a defender, it's normally her servicing balls into Trinity Rodman, but this was a little reverse. So well done on their part. But, I mean, this was just such a beautiful and clinical goal, like a far cross for Rodman to O'Hara, who then heads it at an angle, just perfect. <laughs> okay, listeners, I talk with my hands, and then I talk with my hands so much that I knock my headphones off my head. This is... Not my day. All right. Wow. Wow. <laughs> this is why we like, don't record video. God. And and it surprised me too. Jesus Christ. Okay. So anyway, and it goes perfectly past Cassie Miller. And it's just, it's a really, really pretty goal. And I feel like often these goals do not come at this point in extra time. I feel like this shit happens later. But like, I think Washington was just like, hungry and took that momentum that they had ending regulation into this and just capitalized on it, quite honestly. I mean, great work by these two. As we have mentioned previously, extra time is not a golden goal situation. So they have to finish out not only this half, but the next 15 minute half as well, just to give everybody some time to even out the score. And Chicago tries desperately to fight back like they turn it into another gear after this goal comes they're clawing until the very end with some really excellent chances but like between Bledsoe who side note was not (laughs) nominated for keeper like was not on the list of like like player of the year or keeper of the year or something was she, she like wasn't part of something and then one keeper of the year like I don't remember exactly what it was but she like wasn't up for an award and then won the award, which I think she's absolutely deserving. Um, but, oh, she wasn't on, like, the best 11. She didn't make the uh-huh. first best 11 or the second best 11, like, these teams that they put together. She wasn't a keeper for either of those. I think, like, Kayleen Sheridan. Yeah, Kaylin Sheridan. And I think. And Bella Bixby, who we love. But, <laughs> but Aubrey Bledsoe then won keeper of the year. So I'm just confused as to why she didn't make those teams, too. 
anyway, it doesn't matter. She's incredible. And she's a twin. <laughs> like an identical twin. <laughs> and I sent Anna this post because I forgot that she was a twin. And I got like really freaked out because it's like the two of them on like either side of somebody. And I was like, oh, there's Aubrey Bledsoe. And I was like, oh my God, there's also Aubrey Bledsoe. <laughs> it's her twin. There's oh a lot God. of twins in the NWSL. Yeah. Oh God, I'm getting so sidetracked. <laughs> okay. So anyway, Bledsoe, great keeper, blocks some of these great opportunities and Chicago just gets unlucky. And this does not allow for them to come back to tie it or to take over to win. And Washington eventually takes the victory and for what feels like the millionth fucking time, Chicago comes up short. Like, in 2019, they came up short in the championship. They came up short in the 2020 Challenge Cup. They came up short this time. I mean, it kind of felt like destiny. I read somebody say that, like, that Chicago is here yet again. Like, to beyond all the odds and just couldn't couldn't pull it out. So it has been a strange but not unsurprising year for the NWSL, as we have seen, which is unfortunate. I mean, there's been coach bullshit out the ass, including with the Spirit and Chicago, which we will talk about. But it was really nice to see the focus on this day come back to the talent of the players, and I think that they really put on a good show for us. So until 2022, but just kidding, because the draft is coming in like two weeks. And by that, I mean both drafts because we have an expansion draft for two fucking teams and for just the regular draft. Speaking of that craziness, I will turn it over to Anna. It's my turn. So my number two hat pick is all of the traits. So as we mentioned on previous pods, we have the two new teams in the NWSL, San Diego Wave FC and Angel City FC. And... Like Jillian just mentioned, those teams get expansion drafts, which basically means they get to just pick players off of other teams to join their teams in order to make sure that they get like a start on at least a foot, if not the right foot. So teams are terrified of what that might look like for them. And some teams are kind of doing a here, take this player and please leave me alone in the expansion draft approach, while other teams are just kind of trading away some of their best players for funsies. And I'm not sure what the fuck is going on. Oh, my God. (laughs) But we're going to start with my homeland of San Diego, who's making waves, get it, with the players they've acquired. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> um, the first player they announced was Abby Dahlkemper, who they received in a trade with North Carolina, which we were confused about. Oh my god! <laughs> what we, the fuck? We thought she got traded to the Dash, but apparently she was just on loan, but like all of the social media said that it was a trade. It's a trade! <laughs> And then I found like a single tweet that clarified it. That was like, actually, it was on loan and North Carolina retained her rights. Not only was it a tweet, like just one tweet. It was from like August. It was, it was an old tweet. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Some digging had to be done to understand what the hell happened. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but either way, it's a good acquisition for San Diego. She's not my most favorite defender out there, but I think that she has a like veteran quality to her at this point that I think is good. Anyway, moving on. They then announced Jody Taylor as their next player in a trade with Orlando. She's worked with um, their new coach, Casey Stoney, before, both as a player and I think as a coach. So I think it's a smart move for them. Um, they then announced Tegan McGrady, who was acquired from the Washington Spirit from the aforementioned NWSL champions. And then San Diego got three players from the Chicago Red Stars who d- 
is genuine. They are just clearing out and starting over. Oh my God. They are just giving away players. So Katie Johnson, Mackenzie Doniak, and Kelsey Turnbow all got traded to San Diego. Kelsey Turnbow could have been the future of Chicago. She's a young player and it doesn't matter now because now she'll be the future of San Diego. And the last San Diego announcement was Kaylin Sheridan getting traded from Gotham FC, which was interesting. I think that was in preparation for future moves for them, which I will get to, but it was kind of a weird thing because Kaylin Sheridan has been crushing it and also has played with New Jersey for her entire career. And bought a house there with her person. Fiance. Yeah, with her fiance. That's it, yeah. I wasn't sure if they were engaged. It's good for San Diego. So that was their last kind of big move. And then moving over to our other California team, Angel City acquired Julie Ertz and Sarah Gordon in a trade with Chicago. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. First of all, <laughs> I'm thrilled for Sarah Gordon, who is getting the attention she deserves. Like, she was a walk-on. She tried out. She's from the Chicago area, and she's only ever been in the Chicago area. She went to a university around there as well um, and then stayed. And now she's getting the attention of other teams who want her on their team. She started from the bottom, and now she's here. Absolutely. Thank you, Drake. <laughs> And in a smart move by Angel City, both of these players have played with Kristen Press before in Chicago. So they're building a strong foundation for what their team can be. I also think that in this particular trade, Chicago is now exempt from the expansion draft for Angel City. Yeah, I think so. I think it's this one. Moving on. There's still more trades. I'm not done. Kansas City Current... (laughs) got the better end of a trade with North Carolina when they acquired Sam Mewis, who genuinely seems jazzed to be in Kansas City. Yeah, like showing off all the – like I sent that to Anna and I was like, what? (laughs) She's clear – this is clearly like an – you know, last year there was like all that weird trading that happened with Crystal Dunn to get to Portland. Like Mm -hmm. it was just like a a little mix around, you know. And then we were like, surely she's going to California, right? Like she's got to be going to one of these teams. And then it was like Sam Mewis at a press conference, like clearly acknowledging that like she's coming to Kansas City and like wearing gear and like doing all this stuff. And she even said like she's like happy to be in a place that's like doing everything right, which I don't know if that's actually true. But, you know, I mean, they are building a stadium specifically for NWSL folks. And, you know, I mean that I think that they could make waves. (laughs) Wrong team, but current, you know, it's kind of right. (laughs) I get rapids. I don't know. (laughs) They're also there. So Brittany Lynn something is one of the owners. And there's a couple other women who are in ownership who I think have kind of taken the reins in terms of like what they're doing. And I also Brittany Lynn, whatever the hell her last name is, is significant other of Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, yeah. he, I, I, <laughs> okay. The first year he played, I played in a fantasy league and in the fantasy league that I was in, it was just their first initial and their last name. And I didn't know how to say his name. So I called him P Mahomies yeah. for the entire yeah. year. P Mahomies. <laughs> I do think that he has an organization now that's something, it's like something about my homies because of his last name. Okay. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> but she along with Patrick Mahomes, um, but mostly her, are like really investing in the community in the same way that James Harden was doing with Houston before he went to the 
Brooklyn Nets. It's this investment into the community is, I think, is what is happening with Kansas City in a new way for them. And so I think that's part of what um, drew Sam Uis to Kansas City. And so I hope that's good for her. Mm-hmm. And then the O.L. Reign acquired Nikki Stanton, um, who Nikki Stanton is one of those players that doesn't get a lot of starting time. Um, or playing time at all, mostly because when she does, she acquires yellow cards like <laughs> it's her job. But she's originally from Washington, so she gets to play closer to home. And this is also one of the like Chicago is just giving away players because she was playing mm-hmm. in Chicago. And it looks like final talks are in the works to send Ashlyn Harris and Allie Krieger to Gotham FC. Wow. I don't know what Orlando was thinking, but this would make sense for Gotham when they were trading away Kaylin Sheridan. This makes sense to get Ashlyn Harris in goal. I don't know what Orlando really gets from this. I mean, so all of these teams who trade away players receive something in return. Obviously, it's a trade. But it's a whole bunch of details about draft picks, international spots, and immunity from the expansion draft. And as interesting as that is, it's all a bit much. So these are just the headlines. Um, If we went through like all the draft picks that they received as a result of these trades, I would be talking for another 20 minutes and I don't want to be doing that. So, so do you all, I'm asking you as if you're fucking here, but you're not, (laughs) this is happening before you'll ever listen. Anyway. So if you will recall, there was some nonsense that happened in Portland in the first match of the year against Kansas city for the challenge cup. I mean, there was like a fight that happened Mm -hmm. and with the terrible referee and there's a picture that like was created into a meme (laughs) and it's like the ref like trying to keep all these players away from each other in portland and it's like we are the referee it says me and then it's like all the players are nwsl news just like coming at you from every direction which is exactly how it has felt for the past couple of weeks it's just been like every time i get on my instagram it's like anna's either sending me something or i'm sending her something and it's just like what the fuck is happening like it's it's like they are shaking things up in the way that they don't need to shake things up right now. Like Chicago just giving away its players. Like maybe focus on getting a fucking coach who doesn't suck. We will talk about momentarily. Like it's like they're like, let's mix things up when we really should be mixing things up in terms of how we run the league and operate as an organization. And it's like, let's just do stuff with our players. It's like, God damn it. No. <laughs> yeah. I think that as like, I think that there are a lot of benefits to like moving the players around, especially because it keeps the league fresh and it keeps people sure. engaged. But it was going to happen anyway because of the expansion drafts, which yeah. is what I think that it's like so mind boggling, except for Angel City. I think Angel City was the one trade that made a lot of sense because they got two bomb.com players who now makes the, it now makes Chicago exempt from that part of the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. So like that one made a lot of sense to me and I can understand that. But like everything else that's going on, I'm like – Okay, sure. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> also, I'm excited because now I'm going to definitely go see AD French and Sam Mews in Kansas City. What? I and guess I could, cool go to, I could go to San Diego and see Kaylin Sheridan and whoever else I just talked about that I've already forgotten. Or I could go to LA and go see Juliet Sarah Gordon and CP. That seems like a winner. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway, that's my number two hat pick. Wow, we have a long podcast today because there's so much stuff happening and it's not all good, which leads me to our hat drops, which I will be talking about entirely because as Anna said, like I put my heart and soul into it. (laughs) 
So, dear listener, we knew we'd be back to talk about this, but we hoped it would be better news. Unfortunately, the coaching nonsense continues. Rory Dames, former head coach of Chicago, resigned in disgrace. Not unlike Ben Wyatt. (laughs) We initially. (laughs) I just. That was not what I was expecting you to say. (laughs) Like, I wasn't expecting a A Parks and Rec Rec. reference. I was expecting, like, oh, like Richie Burke or like some other coach. (laughs) I mean, not unlike those people, too. So when this first happened, which was like 48 fucking hours after the NWSL championship, like immediately after, we just thought, oh, it's because your team keeps choking in the finals. Like it's because clearly your leadership isn't doing the work. So in addition to that, though, it was also because he was verbally and emotionally abusive and a story broke with the Washington Post. Ouch. There were allegations that came from players such as Kristen Press. Yeah, Jennifer Hoy and Samantha Johnson, and presumably others. So like I said, the Washington Post broke the story, but here's a quote from Sports Illustrated about the incident. So some of the allegations in the report include texting players at all hours, asking players to spend significant time at lunches and dinners with him that he said were mandatory, joking that an Asian player should be smarter than how she was playing, commenting to religious players about their holidays, calling a player from Appalachia trailer trash, comments on players' appearances, withholding family time off for a player due to her performance during a game, and, on one instance, allegedly benching a player after she introduced him to her boyfriend. What the fuck, Rory Dames? And what the fuck, NWSL? Also speaking of what the fuck, NWSL, so this is the second time that a non- women's soccer media platform to break a story. So there was discussion on Twitter about how like the problem is not just with the league, it's with women's soccer media because none of these players felt comfortable going to anybody who covers women's soccer. They went to the Washington Post and granted part of that is for like platform. Sure. Sure. But there are also people with large platforms in women's soccer, especially like The Athletic, where a lot of things get written about. And none of those platforms were even approached with these stories. And so that is also just like a... Very telling of the culture. Yeah. yeah. In addition to that fuckery, North Carolina went and decided to hire another white man, Sean Nahas? Nahas? I think I so. Know. Whatever. Don't care. He probably sucks. As their coach, and on top of that, a white man who worked with Paul Riley, aforementioned trash, and all around, not a good human being. What the actual fuck, y'all? Like, this is, like, you had an opportunity to prove as an organization that you were not absolute garbage juice, and you didn't do it. Like, I had such high hopes. It's like, wow, you could do a whole search. And, like, okay, you could spout some bullshit about, like, continuity with the players and blah, blah, blah. And, like, I've heard some stuff that they feel like they can talk to him. But, like, he's a part of the mess. He worked with Paul Riley. He worked under Paul Riley. You know, I'm sure he's a very nice person, but he's got to fucking go and not be the head coach. I mean, he was interim. Sure, I get that, like, in the moment. But, like, when you're looking for an actual head coach, do a real search and get him the fuck out of there. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but these teams panic because they have to have coaches in – positions before the drafts 
mm-hmm. because if you have an interim coach in there for the draft, like are are they making the best decision for the team and the longevity of the team? Are they making the best decision for themselves in the moment to try to get them the position? And so the organization itself panicked. Yep. And that's how we got stuck with this fuck face. Oh, no offense, Sean. Just you, you, your your career history is problematic. So full offense, actually. Um, <laughs> and finally, to no one's surprise, another player, not, not this part, what comes later, Another player felt comfortable enough to bring up more of the bullshit of absolute trash human Richie Burke, former coach of the Spirit. So Canadian player Jenna Hellstrom, former Spirit player for just 2020 because it was that bad, said uh, said this to TSN, which is a Canadian sports news outlet. Or this is like a quote from that about the, the incident. Hellstrom said she experienced repeated verbal and emotional abuse at the hands of former Spirit coach Richie Burke. She said he would scream at her during practice and at games. He would threaten to waive her. He told her he would ne- she would never play for the Canadian national team again. She would leave practice in tears and at the age of 25 contemplated retirement. It's really hard for people, the outside world, to really understand what it was like, Hellstrom said in a recent interview with TSN. It's hard to talk. It's hard talking about it. It's hard for people to feel exactly how you felt during that moment with just explaining it. And, I, you know, there's another part where I read that, like, he – like called her going to her grandma's funeral a vacation and like that took away playing time for her. I mean, it's just like so fucked up. Um, and I just can't with this league right now. Like it's trying to put a bandaid on a gunshot wound and it's so fucked up. And if I had every hat in the entire world, it would not be enough hats to drop for this shit. And I'm out. (laughs) It also speaks to a culture of like sports in general, where that kind of, coaching style is accepted for men in a lot of ways. And like, I can't imagine some of the emotional and mental trauma that like, as much as I don't want to talk about men on this, that men have experienced over the years and that, that gets translated into this league. And so then the women who are playing in this league have to be like, Hey, you can't fucking talk to people like that. And so I can't imagine like there's, there's a norm that has been extended to men's sports in general and that this kind of berating is acceptable and I can't even imagine what it's like for for those players who don't have the framework to be able to say this is not okay yeah because of toxic masculinity you can't say stuff about that it's like you're just supposed to take it man up do this and it's like this is why it would benefit all of us if this bullshit was eradicated not boy, just howdy. yeah so boy howdy <laughs> Back to this thing that we're doing. Yes, we've been gone for no time. (laughs) All right, hat tips. All right, our hat tips are hopefully some coaches don't suck and there's just like some other miscellaneous good shit, all right? We're just just trying to find positives, okay? So the Portland Thorns announced their new head coach this week. So it's, I think, is it Ryan? Does she go by Ryan or is it Rianne? I don't know. The Wikipedia only just told me that she played the jello. So... Oh yeah, I definitely, I did leave that out and I wanted to include it. (laughs) Now it's included. Is there like a video I can watch? I don't care about this ad. Oh my God, I have to wait a whole 10 more seconds. You know what? Let's just say it's either Ryan or Rianne and we don't know, but we'll learn and we'll let you know what it is once we figure it out. (laughs) But Anna's going to figure it out now, so just hold on. (laughs) 
Rian. Rian. Which is not what I would have said. I wish that the Jeopardy theme song was a part of the public domain. The which one? The Jeopardy theme song. So, like, anytime we stop and, like, look something up on this podcast, which happens quite a bit, actually, then I could just play that instead of editing it. I could just put the sound in instead of having to cut it. That song is called Think. Hmm. It has a name. Interesting. Wow. All right. And I'm pretty anyway. sure I'm one of 20 people on the earth that knows that or cares about it. Anyway. <laughs> hmm. Rian Wilkinson is the new coach for the Portland Thorns. She is a two-time Olympic bronze medal winning Canadian international player who also played for the Thorns. So that's cool. So I think that's beneficial because she knows the ownership and the front office staff. And I think that definitely gives her a kind of head start that most coaches don't get. Um, she's been the assistant coach for both the Lionesses and the Canadian Canadians Women's National Team, um, as well as the assistant coach for Team GB in the 2021 Summer Olympics. And that is different than being the assistant coach for the Lionesses because that incorporates players from Wales and Scotland as well. Hey. <laughs> Important. Anyway, she definitely has the experience and hopefully she'll be a good fit for Portland. It's great to see former players take up coaching roles because I think that they have the best sense of what these players might be feeling or going through at any given point and gives them a unique perspective and approaching empathy with the players, which is definitely something that coaches in this league have definitely not been offering. Please see the hat drop we just had. <laughs> and an entire episode and many other hat drops. There are so many instances that we can point to, but hopefully having a former player, having somebody who has been a coach for other teams featuring women, I think especially Canada, who despite John Herdman being trash, has a culture surrounding the women's team that is one of the better ones that we can point to. You go, Rian Wilkinson. We hope the best for you. That's that's really all we got there. All right. Other cool shit that's been happening around. Mel Pugh got engaged to Dancy, Dansby Swanson of the World Series winning Atlanta Braves. So that's cool for them, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anna just can't muster the strength to like show excitement for straight couples. Like she just can't. <laughs> His name is Dansby. Dansby. Yeah, it's questionable for sure. <laughs> he like, so during the World Series, which of course I was watching, um, I was just kind of like going through social media. And of course, Mal Pugh like tagged him in a bunch of shit. And so I like went to his Instagram page and he was like, I'm just so in awe of this God fearing woman and like tagged Mal Pugh. And I was like, oh! I just, <laughs> you're the worst kind of straight couple. <laughs> it's terrible. But like, good for you, Olivia Rodrigo style. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, like happy for you, I guess. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Better and more important things coming. Quinn of the OL Reign and the Canadian national team got named as one of Forbes's 30 under 30, which is also dope as hell. Love that. Um, we also recently found out that Kristen Pressforce Chacos. <laughs> She was wearing them in one of her Instagram posts, and this is a very, very important news for this pod. And which is, it's cool too because she actually did the Camino pilgrimage thing in Spain, which is like a sixty-mile pilgrimage hike walk thing that people do. So yeah. that was like pretty neat for her. It's like a, it's like a Christian thing, which I say as somebody who is like actively an Episcopalian and works for the church, Christian things. Um, oh man, I was so mad at convention. Uh, it was virtual this year and like 
something came up and I mentioned the fact that I had a podcast just like in passing when we were in a break. And I was like, but I'm not going to share the name because, you know, I just like – and then somebody put it in the chat. I was like, I know. <laughs> so now people know about it. And they're like, this is so great, Jillian. And I was like, you may not think so after you listen to it, but that's fine. Um, but any, yes, love the Chacos thing anyway. Yeah. On multiple occasions, Jillian and I have talked about getting specialized custom U.S. Women's National Team Chacos for the 2023 – World Cup, which will we we will definitely be doing. It's not it's not, not rumored. It's happening because <laughs> we're adults and we can spend our money how we want, but not on VPNs because that seems too pricey. No, let's spend one hundred and fifty dollars on chacos. <laughs> anyway, the A League started this weekend, and Lynn Williams is on loan there, presumably so she can hang with her boy. So that's great for all of us, mostly that we get to see Lynn Williams and more soccer. Yes, nice, excellent, love that. How exciting! And I bought a sweater <laughs> from Re-Ink. Uh, it's so comfy. It's like a Sherpa pullover thing. But I saw it because Kristen Press was wearing it. It looks so comfortable. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm about to spend way too much money on a fucking pullover. And it was worth it. No regrets. Like, wholeheartedly love this sweater. But it's cool because that's the company that Kristen Press and Tobin Heath and Megan Klingenberg and Megan Rapinoe have together which we like, and they're trying to, like, do sustainable practices and, like, other shit. So, love it. Love that. And this is not really a hat tip or a drop or anything. It's just a news that I thought would be interesting to share. Um, So, do you remember when we had all of that chit-chat talk about Hope Solo? Oh, yeah. Well, according to (laughs) olrain.com, which I believe is the website for Rain. She has been selected for the final National Soccer Hall of Fame class of 2022 ballot. Um, so they will meet and, you know, so it's not guaranteed that she'll be in it, but she's at least on the ballot, which is, you know, notable, I guess. So I don't know if she's previously been on the ballot. Maybe she has, maybe she hasn't. I haven't looked it up. But this was something that we discussed in, a lot earlier in the pod year. Um, so just thought I would toss that out there as a thing that is happening. And also their website is olrain.com. Excellent. Not getting hacked. (laughs) All right. Our shared number one hat pick, this pod, is that the kids are all right. So the US Women's National Team played some games against Australia. Two friendlies against Australia in Australia last week. And some good shit happened. So we're going to talk about it. Right. Now. (laughs) Oh my God. So let's start by talking about the players that were invited to these friendlies for a variety of reasons, including, but not limited to, pregnancy, other people's weddings that they had to be a part of, minor injuries, and also I think just like not wanting to miss the holidays or wanting a break. This roster had a lot of younger players who either have never been invited to camp or haven't gotten a lot of minutes when they have been invited to camps alongside some younger players that have been on the team for a bit, but are kind of on the younger side, like Emily Sonnet, Tierna Davidson, Rose Lavelle, but there was also like Lindsay Horan and Becky Sauerbrunn. So it was a mix, but a lot, a lot of younger players. So we saw what the future could potentially look like for the team in these friendlies. So this, <laughs> I was going to try and do an accent, but I couldn't <laughs> November 27th. All right, so his first game took place on November 27th, and it started out with a bang. Like, 
Remember how I was like, Fran Kirby scored in the third minute so early. Well, let me tell you about an even earlier goal in a game. So Ashley Hatch, who you may also know because of her NWSL Golden Boot winner status from this year, scored in the 24th second. You got that right. Second, not minute. Second. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I did add this sentence so you can say it in an Australian accent. Sorry, take it, Micah. (laughs) Take it, Micah. Australia was not expecting that at all. (laughs) I can't. I, I did think about adding like a crocodile hunter, like Steve Irwin kind of quote about like not expect, but I just, I would have had to find one. It was a whole process. Came out and bit her in the butt like an alligator. (laughs) Or a stingray. Ooh, that's rough because he died by a stingray. Did I have I told you about the print that I have that um, is shot through the heart stingray to blame and it's a picture of Steve. Oh no! Yikes. (laughs) It is both a Bon Jovi (laughs) reference and a Steve Irwin reference. And if that's not the Venn diagram of Of you, (laughs) I don't know what is. It's a niche reference and that is Anna's entire being. (laughs) All right. So Australia had some solid chances. Literally, how can you not? If you have Sam Kerr, who is a goal scoring machine, she's on their front line. What the fuck? Like, of course, you're going to have some chances. You're going to have some opportunities. You're going to make it to the semifinals of the Olympics. But, (laughs) but, 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 but Casey Murphy was there. I'm doing like the political thumb thing right now, like very (laughs) matter of factly. But Casey Murphy was there for every single one. Ask not what you can do for your team. But what can your team do for Casey Murphy? She worked her little tushy off to get the clean sheet. I really just needed you to say that, so I got it. <laughs> her little tushy. All right, so let's see if I can say that Australian. Right, nope, I can't. Okay, I'm going to laugh too hard. All right, so we go to halftime with the U.S. Women's National Team up 1-0, to zero, which is like, you know, that's good, but not like a blowout. So early in the second half, we get our second goal for the United States of America. Midge Purse, who, if you forgot what hill I was going to die on, it's this one. Please, I would like a lovely, actually, no, I don't want a headstone. I want a fucking green burial on this hill because I care about the planet. But why was Midge Purse not at the Olympics? This game proves to me what a fuck up that was. So Midge Purse gets around Australian defenders with ease. Like, I mean, she's just sailing. I mean, wow. (laughs) Wow. And serves a low ball into the box, which Roosevelt just slots into the back of the net. I mean, just all the keeses from the chefs. Every every chef, every keese. <laughs> then in the 68th minute, Lindsay Horan scores a penalty, which basically secures the win for the Osmonds national team. And like while the goals were great, we got to see some great play, but also... We got to see some great play from players like Emily Fox, who just did a bang up job shutting down Australia's offense. Like, Indeed. she was everywhere. She was a nuisance to Sam Kerr and to Kaya Simon and to <laughs> Haley Rasso. Alana Cook also looked really comfortable on the back line, which was super great to see because even though we don't want to admit it, Becky Sauerbrunn <laughs> is probably going to be retiring in the next few years and Abby Dahlkemper is hit and miss. Yeah. So we need someone back there with Tierna Davidson who's clearly going to be taking up that spot. Absolutely. 
And so we love seeing somebody who's comfortable back there with her. Also, again, love to see that we got to see Midge Purse because, again, <laughs> on this pod, we love and support her. We also got to see some first caps from players like Ashley Sanchez, um, Bethany Balser, Morgan Weaver, and, of course, Casey Murphy, who fucking crushed it. So on November 30th, the U.S. Women's National Team had their second game against Australia. <laughs> Once again, Ashley Hatch opened up scoring really early in the fourth minute. I mean, could you not have done it in the first again? I mean, whatever. (laughs) After an assist from Midge Purse, also an incredible assist. I mean, just the way she like stopped and then passed it back to her. Just, I mean, what? Vision. Vision. Yes, yes. It's exact. Yes. It's exactly the word. (laughs) Oh, it was like almost a little cocky, but like in the best fucking way. You know what yeah. I mean? Like so good. Oh, I yeah. loved it. Mm, it was so good. Okay. Eat that shit up. Like it's cookie crisp for fucking breakfast. I say that because we recently bought some cookie crisp and wow, <laughs> is it good. Yeah. Who doesn't like eating cookies for breakfast? Yeah. I just like, it's been a minute like since I had it. <laughs> yeah. Cause you eat oatmeal instead. That's true. I do. Back to Hatch. She scored in the fourth minute um, after that assist from Purse and- it's a 1-0, obviously. And it was an easy goal around veteran goalkeeper Lydia Williams. Not Tegan Micah. <laughs> Casey Murphy got the start in this game again. Love that. And I am, like, so looking forward to seeing her in the future because she absolutely crushed it. Like, you remember last pod when Anna was like, I literally can't talk about Casey Murphy's performance in this North Carolina game because it would have been too many saves to count? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not not necessarily like that situation, but that like was a testament to like how good of a keeper Casey Murphy is. And she is just like proven again in these two matches. Like she's got the stuff. And I'm I'm pumped to see that on this uh on this national team. So the the team continues to push, and by then I mean the United States of America. They continue to push and try to score, but Australia gives it right back. Right back again. So again, some impressive defending from Emily Fox. Like, good for Louisville. You guys have a you got a keeper, not a goalie, but a keeper on your hands. God, I just what, this this needs to be over. <laughs> this needs to be over. <laughs> okay, I don't, <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I think that this should be the level of all pods. <laughs> to be here. If she can maintain this kind of playing, like she is going to be such an asset to this team. And like, yes, you know, I think earlier she, I think she's had like a couple of appearances for the team, but like, I think it's getting more comfortable. And I think this year of playing professionally has helped her um, get more comfortable in her skin. And like, this is great to see. This is not the same thing that can be said for Sofia Huerta, who has been put on the defensive end of the field and maybe like, maybe don't do that, Vladko. Okay. Like, don't do that. She's, it's not ideal. It's really not. Okay. If I'm being, if I'm being honest with you, it's not like she sucks, but like, she has other gifts. Like, come on. Yeah. Use her gifts and talents, which is not on the defensive end of the field. Yes. Anyway, in the 88th minute, Australia finally levels the playing field and score their first goal in these friendlies. So U.S. has scored four, and they will now have scored one, which we do love to see. Sam Kerr lays off a ball for Kaya Simon, who takes a shot and unfortunately... It deflects off of our favorite defender with a braid, <laughs> Becky Sauerbrunn, to tie up the game. We also got to see Imani Dorsey for her first cap with the US Women's National Team, which was bomb.com. And eventually the game ends in a tie. And I mean, we're seeing a lot of great things from the young players. Um, and I think that bodes really well for the future of the US Women's National Team, because I think 
especially in like transition times like this, we all just sit there just like biting our nails. Like, can we do it? Can we do it? Because this happened after the 2015 World Cup when we started to see players like Lindsay Horan. And we're like, oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) And now here we are again. And it does, I think this one is going to be the harder transition for me as like a lover of the U.S. Women's National Team, because I think that this transition for a lot of these players and the players who will be retiring is the like 20 years ago version of losing like a lot of the 99ers for that generation of fans. And like, I don't think I could really register what that meant at 11 years old in the same way that I can now as a 30 year old adult. Right. It's like, these are the players, not not that we grew up with as kids, but that we have spent most of our, like, adult fanhood. Like, yeah. Liking and watching and just, you know. Being able to, like, actually like, appreciate what they're doing in a way that is beyond just, like, being a fan of players as a kid. Right. And, you know, as much as I have always loved soccer, I also didn't have a podcast at age 12. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> And so now, like, I, which is so great, and I'm loving it, like, because of this, I pay far more attention to things and the little details than I ever did when I was younger. And so, you know, that means I feel like I have, like, come to love these players even more. And so it will be a big shift and big transition to see them leave. But I really feel good about the folks that we have coming up, especially watching these players, a lot of them be in the NWSL and just, like, absolutely crush it. Like, and then have, then come together on this team collectively and have some good chemistry. Um, I mean, there was just some, like, some fire and excitement in these players that was not present at the Olympics. Like, I mean, it was like, it was like watching a funeral at the Olympics sometimes. And like, this was exciting. Yeah. And we didn't even mention like the midfield, which Lindsay Horan was playing these games. Rose Lavelle was playing in these games. And then Andy Sullivan, who Jillian mentioned earlier, was also there in the middle holding that 10 spot. Like she, she is the kind of player that they're looking to replace what Carly Lloyd was. Yeah. Um, and I think Andy Sullivan has the kind of like footwork of a Tobin Heath, but with the forward thinking of like a Lindsay Horan and a Rose Lavelle. And so you get that like trickiness of being able to get around players, but also the vision of these other offensive midfielders. I think the only downside to having three offensive midfielders is we lose the, the defensive depth of a player like Julie Ertz. Yeah. But it's not a one for one trade, so it's not like we're it's sure. not necessarily losing anything, I guess. It's just different. It's different. And I think that it puts us in a in a we're it's much more on the offense all the time in a way that I don't think we've ever really seen this team do. And I think that if Latko continues this, like bringing these young players in and giving them playing time and doing this kind of stuff and building this new team instead of like going with veterans like he did for the Olympics, which a tough decision to be made all around, but like we were kind of concerned about him after the Olympics, like and okay. his longevity with the team. And I think bringing these players in and showing that like, he's not just like married to this, like one set of players, he's going to bring in the new blood. Like he's going to start these players and get them some time. And I mean, all of this just like, but we didn't, you know, and like Sophia Smith and just, I mean, so many incredible players coming up in the ranks and like, it's, I think it's going to be really good. And if he keeps doing this, like, just keep doing it, Blacko. Like, that's what we're saying. Just keep doing this. Yes, please. 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 <laughs> please and thank you. Again. That's it. That's the pod. Goodbye now. Anyway, that is the pod. So you should follow <laughs> us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod. You can email us with information about how we can watch La Primera División. See. Sí.
<laughs> that is Jillian's uh, attempt at, you know, providing some Spanish, which we appreciate. <laughs> I took Spanish for so many years and I have nothing. It's, okay. it's one of those things where Spanish is easy when you think about it, but then you're like, how do I conjugate verbs? And then it becomes overwhelming. Indeed. Anyway, you can also send us an email about VPNs at halfpixpod at gmail.com. So great. So wonderful. And on that note, I'm Jillian. And I'm Anna. And this has been the Hapix Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I got some cereal.